0: Welcome to the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where the conversation about discipleship is always real for real people in real life. Welcome back. I'm Lance Wickton. I'm the Communications Director here at Real Life Ministries in Post Falls. And we have a special treat today. We have Gabe Cleve, who is over our young adults ministry uh, here in Kootenai County. And uh, the reason that it is a special treat is because of the nature of the topic, which is, Finding effective ways that uh, we older generations like myself can connect with next generations, uh, especially millennials and uh, Gen Z that's coming up. Uh, Gabe, you have uh, been over this uh, age group for roughly about eight years. Yeah, yeah, about did high school ministry for four years and then going on my fourth year with the young adult ministry. Yeah. So when we're talking about a uh, Specifically, the group that we're talking about is uh, born between what and what, just so we can yeah. get Yeah, well, there's,
1: it depends on what search you look into. Uh, there's So there's some that will say uh, early 40s mm-hmm. uh, are the kind of the upper end of the millennials. Mm-hmm. I think conservatively, you have the millennial generation around 23 to 38. Um, some put it a little lower than that, some put it a little higher than that. That's kind of right in the middle. And then you have the Gen Z that are coming up that are 22 and under, Mm -hmm. uh, and then really in the generation that's just not even being talked about now because they're just being born, it's actually called the alpha generation. And so that's like the ones that are being born right now is the alpha generation. So, but the ones, the big ones, millennials, 23 to 38, Gen Z, 22 and under.
0: Now it seems to me that you know between like baby boomers and baby busters uh, that uh, it's you know there was a it was about a twenty to twenty five year span that a generation would last. But now it feels like uh, even the millennials, there's an older millennial and a mm-hmm. younger millennial. It seems like the generations. Uh, I'm a, I'm assuming due to technology yeah. is om, uh, uh, is almost getting smaller. The the distinctions between uh, their their psychographics and demographics, what they like, what they shop, how they respond, is getting is getting smaller in a, yeah. in a unique group.
1: Yeah, I think uh, some of the some of the things that almost characterize a generation are some like world events, mm-hmm. right? So something that characterizes the millennials is they. Um, they were we were in high school we were we were kids we remember 9 11. Mm-hmm. so something that is a, a big thing with gen z is they have no context of nine eleven. 11. with some of the other generations it was the wars it was the great depression it was the different things that took place in those generations that really characterized that generation now with the the tech how fast technology is um progressing mm-hmm. you have a lot of the the millennials are really broken into two like the younger millennials um, I'm on the older side of the millennial generation, right? And so some of the stuff that the younger millennials take part of, do, I still don't even quite understand or doesn't really characterize me. And so mm-hmm. you do have these these generations that are kind of split up into two different sects, if you will, of mm-hmm. that
0: population, that generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. like uh- – uh, MySpace. Yep. You know, uh, there, you, there's there's going to be a people group out there that understands uh, what's your top eight, who's on your top eight, right? And then there's a whole another another group that never even saw MySpace because it was already gone and been eaten up by yep. uh, other social media platforms like Facebook. I was a
1: freshman in college when uh, MySpace came out, mm-hmm. and I remember it. It was it was so cool. And Facebook definitely. I mean, it wiped it out, and now you have the the younger millennials that. Have I mean they 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 know what MySpace they know the context right. but not nearly as popular or as relevant as as Facebook Instagram Snapchat those things are for sure yeah
0: well. I'm jealous that there's a generation of kids out there that doesn't know what dial-up means because <laughs> that was right. frustrating. Uh, so, but we're we're actually talking about how do we reach them, and how do we mm. uh, disciple them, and uh, the biggest thing is if we can't communicate them yep. with them, we certainly can't uh, disciple them. And so, uh, talking about these, uh, how do we get through some of these? Uh, barriers we were talking about uh, different events and how that 's affected them. Uh, how has technology impacted these gen these generations yeah, I think
1: the the few things that I think about I think it it 's really redefined relationships mm-hmm. um, I mean when you look at Facebook alone, people have hundreds of friends right and i mean it 's kind of a stereotypical um, approach to how has technology you know impact them. People have lots of friends. They're more, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, connected than ever. But uh, relationships, really like deep, meaningful. I could call this person in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. to dig me out of a ditch because my, you know, hit an icy patch on the road type of friendship is at an all-time low. In fact, um, I think it was... Oh gosh, I'd have to go back through and 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 look at this statistic again. But it was like anywhere from ten to twenty years ago, people had five to ten friends that they could call that they could list and they could say these are my friends that I could do that with. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's almost zero. It's like maybe one. I have one friend that I could maybe call in the middle of the night to come bail me out of a hard situation. So I think it's mm-hmm. redefined relationships. I don't. I don't also want don't want to discount. Um, online relationships i mean there's the online dating platforms there are facebook and instagram and snapchat and you, there is a relational aspect to those platforms um that's been redefined and so i i think how it's impacted them relationally is a lot of their um their communication their relationships their friendships are over the web mm-hmm. o- over these platforms and that's it's different, doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. It can get bad, because anything taken out of context or taken too far can become unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the way that this generation, millennials, Gen Z, I would say, especially Gen mm-hmm. Z, mm-hmm. are defining relationships. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a big one. Um, attention span, millennials in the early 2000s had an attention span of 12 seconds, which we think is pretty, pretty light, right? Pretty, pretty it low. It's feels like a mosquito. Right. You know? Uh, a goldfish is nine seconds to put that in perspective well there i don't know how they measured that but yeah i uh, don't know how they did that either but gen z uh is now at eight seconds and so you have uh obviously the attention span is decreasing with being able to you know flip through pictures videos quickly on on the social media uh device or social media platforms um you know youtube you Mm -hmm. have i mean you have a, a a a very brief window to catch someone's attention. If you want me to watch a five minute video, Mm -hmm. you better catch my attention in the first five seconds of it. And Mm -hmm. then I'll, I can watch it because entertaining is still entertaining. People binge watch uh, Netflix all the time, right? So you can keep someone's attention if it's entertaining, but you gotta get it quickly because my attention span is, you know, is is short. Uh, It's also impacted them in in what they're, and how they're consuming content. Um, Just like you mentioned the dial up, right? The Mm -hmm. dial up the dial phone and the dial-up internet, uh, the way that people are consuming content through uh, where it used to be you read a book, you read a magazine, you read the newspaper. I have books, magazines, and newspaper on my device right now. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the last, well, I, I still read some books, but for the most part, the news outlet that I have is on my phone. It's the news Mm -hmm. app and that's where I consume that content. And so it's the way that we're consuming content. If you, um, you know, we talk about reaching people, hey, go read this book. You might not be as effective as go look at this, listen to this podcast Mm -hmm. or uh, go read this article on your phone or whatever that is. And so, uh, and then the other one, I think in a a very negative way that I I think about is just the anxiety levels with all that content. Mm -hmm. These. This generation has access to more content and more uh, information than any other generation before, right? Through social media, through the news, through uh, just all the, at their fingertips on their phone, what they have, their anxiety levels have shot through the roof. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just listened to uh, a podcast earlier today, actually, by a generational expert, and he actually said that the average teenager has more anxiety today than a psychiatric patient did in the 1950s. And so wow. I can't help but tie those two things together with all this information, all this stuff coming at me, all at my fingertips, how do you process through that? How do you mm-hmm. deal with that? What do you do with all that information? So so basically the anxiety is coming from overstimulation. I think so. And I think uh I think there's other factors to that. Mm-hmm. I think the you know, the culture and society, the unrest, you know, we went through the recession. Millennials went through the recession in 2007, 2008. And, uh, you know, so there's an anxiousness that, okay, well, is it going to happen again? You know, mm-hmm. and with, this, with the, you know, the political climate, I mm-hmm. think all that stuff brings anxiety and all that stuff brings this tension and this unrest to us. But with all that content and all that information being thrown at us, yeah, I think it's overstimulating, and then it's like, what do you even believe? Because you have a million people on the right saying this and a million people on the left saying otherwise
0: mm-hmm. so what do I do with that? How do I understand it? Where do I go to you know Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense, and it brings up a point to me that um you know, of the things that I have followed, I'm only 50, but of the things that I have followed in media, things I care about and watch and want to know information about because of the news cycle, because of that phenomena you just talked about, YouTube, where if you can't hook their attention right off the bat, yeah. then they're not going to watch the video. It It, it, it is um, the way they present information is it's like everything it's like the end of the world oh yeah and because then otherwise they won't they won't hook it you know I, totally. I watch uh, Fox or CNN and and I know the or even ESPN the level of story that they're talking about, it doesn't matter. But they'll spend seven days on on something and just hype it to death. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, I think about somebody who doesn't have a, a filter like mine and has seen, you know, things can go and and they they go, Okay, this is a window, this is a big thing. Well, of course I'm gonna trust it's a big thing because I'm listening to this, yep. Walter Cronkite is no longer doing the news in America, and it's all these other people that are trying to hook all these people. So I can see why that would add to the anxiety is yep. uh, all the adults that they may have be in a relationship may be on, on their phone or their TV, yep. and they're, they're uh, DEFCON 1 on everything.
1: Yeah, Lance, I have a question for you. Who's Walter Cronkite? Ro- Walter Cronkite? <laughs> you know <laughs> I'm who just he kidding. is. i so, Yeah, I was
0: going to say, yikes. <laughs> Very important. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but I interrupt you on, on that anxiety as being an issue. Uh, and then, um, when you're talking about though, um, I almost feels overwhelming because I think about if I'm a millennial or somebody that's younger than I am, and I'm defining relationship, not by somebody that's going to help me move, but by somebody that likes my little story uh, and that's the height of relationship. Well, and and discipleship is defined completely different than that. And now I want to go out there and have that kind of relationship for them. Mm-hmm. It feels like uh, I'm a square peg in a round hole when mm-hmm. I'm trying to reach somebody like that. How yeah, to bridge that gap. Well, I would say God's designed us in a very specific way, right?
1: God didn't design us to be fulfilled by likes and loves and follows. Mm-hmm. God's designed us to be designed by fulfilling relationships that lead us and point us to Him. So, at the core of what um, the millennial, the Gen Z is looking for is deep, meaningful relationships. How they go about it might be different. And <clears throat> we know that, again, like I said earlier, social media is a tool. Mm-hmm. Any tool that is out there can be used for good or can be used for bad, right? And so, Satan has used social media to replace meaningful relationships, not not supplement it. Mm-hmm. And so I think what they're still looking for is someone to genuinely walk alongside, to do life with, to be that person and to have that person who will meet them in the middle of the night, who will be there for them. I think uh, for these people who say, I don't have anyone that I could do that, I would say they would want someone uh, in their life yeah, that's good. to be there for them. And I would also say that they would want to be that person for... Someone else. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the desire for that intimacy, for that relationship, for discipleship, for um, that true friendship, I think is still there. Mm -hmm. I I, I believe that's how God's wired us. I don't think that'll go
0: away. Technology isn't going to fill the God sized hole that we have in our heart. Yeah, it won't. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Gabe, what are like three to five effective ways that uh, we could engage them into a conversation?
1: Yeah, I think uh, when you talk about engaging the next generation, there's a few things that that pop in my head. Um, I think that meeting them where they're at. I know that's a very uh, you use that term loosely, but I think that like physically, where does the next generation want to meet somebody? Is it a coffee shop? Is it
0: mm-hmm.
1: out hiking? Is it out canoeing? Is it at a bowling alley? Like where is it that they want to meet? Uh, physically, if you want to sit down with them, you want to have a conversation with them. I think kind of putting the ball in their court and saying, "Hey, where can we meet up sometime and mm-hmm. and and talk or uh, have a conversation or whatever that is kind and of get along on their then, home
0: court there. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah, so they're comfortable in the in the environment. Uh, I think meeting with them where they're at relationally, understanding mm-hmm. what the relational tension and the relational climate in their life is, uh, and understanding that maybe that first interaction, that first quote unquote meetup maybe is through a text conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's through a Facebook conversation is through a phone call. Maybe they're not ready to meet up face to face. Uh, you know, they, they, they understand that you're a person they want to talk with. They want to learn from, but maybe it's like, Hey, I have 15 minutes to text or to call or whatever. Um, and then meeting them where they're at emotionally, I think, uh, Understanding that a younger person doesn't have the emotional intelligence, emotional IQ of someone who's been around the block, has seen some stuff, has lived through some stuff. Mm-hmm. I think when we start to say gosh, these younger people annoy me because they're so emotional. Well, Mm -hmm. that we lose our right to speak into their life if we're going to beat them up for where they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if I get mad at my seven-year-old daughter for being a seven-year-old, I'm not gonna be able to speak into her life because I'm not going to understand. She's gonna see that. You don't get me, you don't understand me, and really, I just frustrate you and make you mad, so let's not even have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, I think meeting them where they're at and understanding that it's different than where we might be is the first place to start. Uh, the second thing I think of is, uh, and this one's this one's kind of hard, uh, but try to talk, or at least understand their language. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's a balance in that, Because right? I think that you know when a forty, fifty, sixty-year-old is trying to use the lingo and the the hip, cool language of a eighteen, nineteen-year-old, I think you just you can sound kind of foolish. Hundred P. Yeah, I don't even know what you said. <laughs> But I think when you try to understand it, like Gen Z and especially, or I would say millennials and especially Gen Z speak in emojis, speak in GIFs. They speak in these different languages that isn't necessarily face to face. And so understanding that now you don't want to go emoji crazy, right? And just answer all their questions in little faces. But at the same time, understanding that when they put an emoji on there, there's an emotion behind that.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
1: a reason that they're giving you that gift or that that um, that emotion, that emoji or whatever that is. So trying to understand that and speak that goes a long way of meeting them where they are. And then the other thing I think about is just allowing them to talk and express their thoughts on things. There's times when I'll sit down and I'll talk to a middle schooler or a high schooler and it's about something that I feel like I understand pretty well. And there is definitely a temptation there to tell them the 10 things of why they're wrong and why they shouldn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. But understanding that they have a, they have thoughts on different things and their thoughts while might not line up with my thoughts are valid Mm -hmm. and their thoughts that they're expressing come from a feeling that they're feeling and if we don't validate the thought, then we're not validating
0: their feelings behind it. Right. And, and you know we wonder why that doesn't work. But it's like, hey, when the Kirby vacuum guy kicks down your door and now he's right in the middle of a demo and you're trying to watch a ball game, right? you guys probably are going to hang out later. Right. That's not cool. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think those three things will go a long way with the older generation of, of, I think the big thing, I'll just go back to that first thing, where are they at? If you're going to invest in a younger person. Do some research and and figure out where this person is at, Mm -hmm. Um, and you can just even ask questions as to, um, you know, where'd their family life come from, you know, married, divorce, how many siblings, you know, you have the older child, the younger child, and the middle child, you know, syndromes, right? And that tells you a lot about their emotional well-being, you know, and so um, I think just figuring out where they are and then where you can meet them is going to be
0: key. That's really good. Uh, it's it's really good advice. I, there's gotta be some, uh, hurdles. So what are, what are some ineffective ways that a lot of times, um, other generations, my generation will try and uh, connect with, uh, younger people and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of times we fear what we don't understand. Mm -hmm. So if we fear what we don't understand, we're going to have a tendency to not like what we don't understand Mm -hmm. or think that it's wrong. I don't understand it. It makes me nervous. I'm leery of it. I don't like it it's wrong Mm -hmm. i mean welcome to the internet right like that was the devil when it first came out i'm sure Mm -hmm. and you know along with social medias and all those different things so if we don't discount what we don't understand i think we automatically have buy-in in 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 a younger person's life um learning to understand so it's okay to say you know i don't understand that i don't understand where you're coming from i don't understand why you think that can you help me understand this Mm Oh my gosh, I think a younger person listening to that wouldn't be like, why doesn't this dummy understand? They're going to be like, well, he actually genuinely cares enough to want to understand me. Mm-hmm. The, the problem isn't going to be the misunderstanding. The problem is going to be the lack of desire to understand someone. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can understand the next generation better, I think we have a, a better opportunity to speak into their life. Um, don't have a belief that they are the worst generation to ever exist. hmm I was literally told this by someone. The millennial generation—they're the laziest, most entitled, most blah 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 blah. blah. And it makes me want to say, I don't, I don't want to listen to this. Like I don't, like every generations, every generation has its good side and its downsides. Oh,
0: for sure, yeah.
1: And so I think if you know the millennials or the Gen Z or the you know the alpha generation coming up, if we're to label them the worst generation or the whatever generation. I just think we're going to ha- we're going to lose our right to speak into it mm-hmm. you know and so I think each generation has a lot to give and each generation has a lot to learn uh don't treat them like they're the next generation we talked about this earlier or uh, talked about this before like don't treat them like the next generation they're the now generation mm-hmm. and so give them that voice give them that platform give them that ability uh to speak into things and then uh th- this one I think is 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 really easy in the church world especially Mm -hmm. to do because I think we are very traditional people. Mm -hmm. We like our methods. Mm -hmm. We like our traditions. But I think if we're going to reach the next generation, we can't let our methods Mm -hmm. outweigh our mission. Mm -hmm. The mission is to make disciples of all nations right to make disciples who make disciples and we're gonna we're gonna do that in relational environments we're gonna do that you know across the table from someone in one-on-one settings and group settings that's our mission is to make disciples of jesus how that plays out that's to be held loosely from right. generation to generation from environment to environment if the end result is you're making disciples how you how you accomplish that as long as it's from a biblical perspective right, right? right. we got to hold that loosely and we have to say from generation to generation, the method might change, but the mission stays the same.
0: Right, and that's good advice. And I, I feel like a lot of times um, we get into things that we're used to and, and, uh, and it becomes, uh, that almost becomes part of the message, our method. Yeah. And it, and it shouldn't be. Right, yep, absolutely that's really good uh, what would you recommend to somebody uh, that is listening to this podcast and where do I go for resources because I mean I I feel like uh, there's a lot I don't I, I don't know that I don't know even about this subject yeah and <clears throat> I think there's a lot I mean there's a lot of um, I I think personally
1: the the generational um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Research, if you mm-hmm. will, you know, the data that's been out there has been a lot more recently than it has been with, with the, you know, the development of the millennial generation, now Gen Z. There's a lot of stuff that's out there. The few things that I, you know, that I can speak to that I've read is The, the Slow Fade by Reggie Joyner. Does mm-hmm. a really good job of talking about that post high school person. Okay. Um, and talking about how so often what we do in the church especially is we engage them in kids' ministry, we engage them in middle school ministry, we engage them in high school ministry, and then it's like, okay, once they graduate, congratulations, finish line, here's your trophy. hmm but now they're under the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And now what do we do with that? And now where does the church play a part in that? No longer my youth group leader. Now I'm just someone who's doing life with you. And what is that role for me? And so, uh, oh, that's good. you know, I think, I think, that, you know, we have a young adult ministry, obviously here. I don't think every church has to have a young adult ministry, but I think every church does have to have a philosophy for young adults. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a church leader, if you're a person who uh, is just a part of a church and you want to know, like, how do I engage this next generation? What's my part in there? Reggie Joyner does a good job in the slow fade of talking about what they're looking for and how you can come along and play a play a part in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wrote a book called uh, It's Just a Phase, Don't Miss It. And this talks about like, you know, birth through uh, through high school. And mm-hmm. I, I, I want to say maybe it, I, I read it a while ago. It talks about the young adult as well. Um, but it talks about the different phases of you know the next generation's life and the different phases they go through, and how you can be a part in that. And then uh, the podcasts that I listen to that do a really good job of talking about next generational leadership and places in the church. Craig Rochelle, uh, Andy Stanley, mm-hmm. and um, Carrie Newhoff do a great job of um, getting those people involved in the church, and um, and really the approach I think that they take is not we call it the next generation. Mm-hmm. Which I get why we call it that, right? But I think um, I think the approach that needs to be taken with the next generation is not saying you're the next generation, you're the now generation. Mm-hmm. And we want to engage you now. We want you to have a voice now. It's not like wait in line for your turn and when old people die off, you get to be the new old people. It's right. No, we, we need all generations throughout the church to have a voice and to be able to speak to the issues at hand and to be able to have a place to play and to be able to be a part of discipleship. And so um, those guys do a really good job of
0: incorporating that and helping people learn what that looks like. Right. Uh, Really good. And it's basically... Other generations, just because people see things different than you do, uh, and I guess this kind of goes without saying, but it's really hard for um, somebody my age not to go, well, this is the way it is, and this is the way I like it. And the reality is, is the people we're talking to have the same... It's just we see it from two different sides. It yeah. doesn't make them wrong right and um, we absolutely uh, not only need to build relationships with them and disciple them, but we do, do need to like your point, get them, get them in the game, yeah. give them the opportunity because um, in just a matter of a few short years they are going to be leading the church. Yeah, and I think I think there are a lot of
1: young adults and high school students that are leading the church now. right. You know, and and they are being active and they are making a difference in younger people's lives now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like I said, yeah, they are the now generation. And and I think that's, we're all the now, we're all impacting the kingdom now. Right. Um, But I think with the next generation, quote unquote, it's, yeah, I think we have to take an approach of don't wait your turn, your turn is now. Right, we're going to engage you now
0: well that is great Gabe I appreciate your time and I uh, encourage everybody listening out there to uh, go cross those bridges whatever that means (laughs) did I get hit in the head somewhere thank you for joining us on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast where we want you to remember discipleship is simple it's just not easy